What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the PlayStation Drive here on Carpool Gaming. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host for this Merry Drives event. This is episode 83. I'm joined, as always, by the Supreme Court of Canada himself, Mr. Court Lalone. What's up, Court? Hey, buddy. How you happy, doing? Uh, you know, happy next day. Happy, happy. Yeah, it's it's. I haven't seen you since last year. A joke that never gets old, right? No matter now, no matter how many times people make that joke, it absolutely never gets old when they're like, Haha, "Haven't talked to you since last year. It was two minutes ago." But yeah, uh, you well, know, it, it still feels good just to be back and having some it fun does. again. It does. It does feel good to be back and having some fun again. Very quickly before we dig into everything, everyone. We hope you had a safe and happy new year. We hope you had a wonderful time with your friends and family or however you choose to celebrate. We hope everybody had a safe and wonderful time. The PlayStation Drive will be changing a little bit, but it's all good things. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. On the show this week, we're going to be talking about Persona, rumors, lots of stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about the PlayStation Plus games for January. We're going to be talking about Naughty Dog and Polyphony and Gran Turismo and so much more. So strap in because things are about to kick off by not cleaning the garage just yet cuz instead we're starting a we're going to be starting our shows with a new segment called question of the week where we pose a question to you the community and we're going to uh, we're going to be talking about different things at the end of every show moving forward and we'll pose a question to the community to get your interactions in and we'll start the, we'll start the shows moving forward by hearing from you our wonderful and supportive community which we appreciate very very much so court asked a question in the discord a few days ago and I'm going to pull some of the answers from you lovely folks which the question was, what was your favorite moment in video games this year? We had Lame Dave say, my favorite moment was when I first launched Elden Ring and got to see how massive the world truly was. Hopple told us that, for me, some of the story parts in the Yakuza series, uh, in my first part, I built my relationships with them and then I wanted to protect them at any costs. We had Delroy starting up the backtrackers and watching it grow with the gang. Shout out and love to my brother Marcus O'Neill79, a true friend, inspiration, and amazing person. Come hang out with us in the channel or a meetup. You won't regret it. Court, before we keep going to the community, I want to ask you, because we haven't had an opportunity to talk about this, what was one of your favorite gaming moments from the year 2022? Honestly, it was The Last of Us remake. It it, it kind of blew me away. It, it, I knew it wasn't going to be in the discussion, and there was so much going into it of, like, it's been 10 years, like, why are they making this remake? Mm -hmm. But just being to play it and then going, wow, this really is a remake, in my mind right away, I was like, all right. Let's go remake the rest of them. Like, let's figure it out. Let's remake, you know, all the Uncharted's because it's obvious. You, I don't realize the difference it is from mm -hmm. the PlayStation Three. Like, you don't think it's that big of a difference, but then when you see the the acting done in their faces, yeah, um, it was amazing. And there was a lot of great games. We got God of War. I got two very big games for me in the PlayStation uh, ecosphere this year. Which, um, well, sorry, last year mm -hmm. that uh, it made me happy to be a PlayStation gamer. There you go. And like the, it was a special moment. And like I said, for someone who very much was like, I don't know if we need this, actually hopping in very much changed my mind. And I think you can just feel the love that Naughty Dog put back into this game, which made it very, very special. Uh, over uh, back in the Discord, which again, if you want to hang out with us for your question of the week, jump over, join the Discord. It is in the show notes. Uh, Mr. Bland Explosion from the RPG Cave said, when crying, lying Jim Ryan flew to Brussels to convince regulators not to approve the acquisition of Activision. Um, yeah, that happened. Uh, one of the other ones that we got was from Nagachaka. In terms of PlayStation for me, having a complete 180 in terms of my opinion of RDR2, Red Dead Redemption 2. Which, yeah, so, you know, Nagachaka, seeing your journey on Twitter as you kind of went back into this game was one of my favorite parts of the year. Honestly, just seeing how much you grew to love and appreciate that story and that world was very, very exciting. So much so that uh, someone may have redownloaded it. It, I have it is on my uh, on my console. It is next on the hit list. I'm playing Borderlands right now, and then uh, I'm gonna get to that. There you go. I'm I'm very very curious to hear your thoughts because I do think that you could really enjoy that game. And I'm curious, as to, did you not just not play it the first time around, or did it just? No, I definitely did play it. Uh, I just couldn't get into it. The whole horse mechanic and how long it took you to get anywhere just it, it didn't hit at the time. It's a lot like when you think about it, like Death Stranding. It didn't really click with me and then mm -hmm. i ended up liking it and you know it i'm gonna try different things i was playing the witcher 3 for a little bit there um and i was having a great time with it until my save file got corrupted and i can no longer play the game no that's the worst i get really upset when that happens and i'm like i'm done i'm done uh and our last one from the community the muffin mon says his favorite moment was the emotional impact of a plague tale requiem has had on me since i played it i'm with you i i think 
Um, I would love to experience that game. Uh, I hate rats. Rats are scary. I, I don't want to deal with rats, so I'm not going to play that game. But I think for, for me, one of my favorite gaming moments this year was just how pleasantly surprised I was by games that I had no hype for whatsoever and then ended up completely taking over my life. Um, Rollerdrome is like one of the first ones that comes to mind on PlayStation because I, you know, we saw it unveiling and I was like, this, it's a roller skate game with guns, big deal. And then the reviews hit and I was like, oh, I watched Skillup's review and I'm like, oh, I think I need to play this. And then the rabbit hole I went down with that game, it's just so much fun. It's an absolute blast. It's like Tony Hawk meets super hot meets like this magical whirlwind of, of excitement. Um, so I think one of my favorite moments this year was just, like you said, and I, we've had this conversation, I think I'm just going to be more open to experiences that I'm not particularly, and I'm not historically particularly inclined to, just to hop in and, and give new games a chance, Court. So non-JRPGs. Sorry, what? So no, I just non- mean like different oh. JRPGs. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, but like, I, I think I'm going to open up uh, our horizons uh, for, for games this year, just like just like you, Court. We're going we're gonna to be a more well-rounded podcast where you're going to talk about JRPGs and I will talk about sports games. And get ready <laughs> no, for that. that won't happen. <laughs> I will. I will. You will talk about it, and then I will give my opinion. Is that what we're saying? Like, I oh, will sure. talk about the JRPG, and yeah. like we'll do today. We're like going to talk about today. one of your games, and you know, I'm not. I'm just going to sit here and just smile. That's right. Strap in because that's all coming. Stick around to the end of the show to find out what the question of the week will be this week for next week and chime in on the discord in the youtube comments let us know because if you are watching us live on youtube right now we appreciate you very very much mondays at 1 p.m like subscribe share do all the things head over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming toss in a buck or a few out comes a cornucopia of content which you can consume and i'm trying to think of another word that starts with c but i'm blanking out so i'm just going to roll right through that and uh if you're listening to us make sure you hit us with the five stars with the review we appreciate all of you very very much court but we're coming back from the holidays you know i feel like we've both had some good time to like sit down to play some games to digest some stuff so court i want to know what's been on your new year's playlist for me i finished mafia definitive edition Uh, i started it just over the holidays it's story driven pretty much i was explaining to you before the show it i i played mafia 2 and i played mafia 3 it was on sale in the playstation store i got i think for like ten dollars Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was just trying to find something to get into that was, wasn't as long and it was more my speed. I was playing death stranding, which I'm still playing, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hopped into mafia and I really enjoyed it. The missions are very quick. Um, you can get easy trophies throughout the game, mm-hmm. but it's very story driven. So as I explained to you, it's, if you really like the Godfather or casino or any of these, like, you know, Martin Scorsese films, you're really going to have a good time with this. You're not going to want to skip through cutscenes. You're really going to enjoy playing this game. And it's very well done. Um, it looks beautiful on the PlayStation 5. It is a PlayStation 4 game, but it still looks um, very good on the next-gen consoles. It actually looks better than the Mafia 2 remake for really? Mafia 2. Yeah, it actually looks better. The definitive edition for Mafia 1, it looks good. I think the story is very well done. The ending is awesome. Um, I really enjoyed my time with it. I, I played Witcher 3, and as I said, my, I got a save cr- file corrupted. Sorry, um, I've been playing uh, Death Stranding, still enjoying that game. I think I enjoy the cutscenes more than anything else, though. So I really enjoy the story. Um, and uh, I'm a, I'm a, currently, I just started Borderlands 3. Because, once again, PlayStation Store right now has games for, like, dirt cheap. That makes it hard for me that I haven't played them and I because there's so many games I missed this year because we're mm-hmm. playing all these different games. So uh, I started playing Borderlands 3 today and I'm, I'm kind of liking it. It's just a, it's just a go out, shoot, pick up loot. It, there's nothing else to it and it's just something I need right now. It's a fun shooty game and that's yep. all that you need. So quick question before we get into what I've been playing. Have you played the Mafia series before? Was this you coming back to it or was, or was this the uh, first Yeah, so I've finished two. Uh, I believe it came out originally on the PlayStation 3. Uh, and then I started playing the the the, the redone version of it uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago, and was like, no, nope, still a PlayStation Three game. I'm out. Uh, and then I finished. I've finished Mafia Three. I actually enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't like that, but mm-hmm. I'd never played Mafia One. Now Mafia One has always been known as a game that is extremely hard, but they okay. added in an easy mode, so it came right back to me. You know, because I need my easy modes to play games. It's all good. Nice. Well, I'm glad you had some time to sit down and enjoy a bunch of stuff because, yeah, I have quite the list as well. Uh, I'll mortar through these pretty quick. I'll start with Marvel's Midnight Suns. Finished it. Loved it. Uh, final chapter was so 
unbelievably satisfying. It had like so many of those moments where you're just like completely feel entirely overrun. But if you just kind of sit there and plan things out, you can fight your way through. Um, really liked the story. Really liked how it ended. I, I can't wait for the DLC. I like I, when I bought it, I got the, um, the, the, the expanded edition or whatever that comes with all the DLC because I can't wait for Deadpool, which is probably going to be the first character. I'm ready. Give it to me. It's on sale right now. Um, I know that, you know, people are starting to check it out more and more. So if you're curious, go check it out. Uh, continue, I hopped into Battlefield 2042. Um, Battlefield has been a series for me that I've used to play all the time. And when Bat 2042 came out and the reviews were well, uh, I was like, all right, maybe this is a pass. Caught it on sale for 20 bucks. Loving it. Um, really? Yeah. I've, I've always it's been a battle. It's free on Game guy. Pass, isn't it? Yeah, but I was playing it on PlayStation with my with one of my good friends um, fair, because fair. him him and I used to be we used to run Battlefield all the time. Look, see, took me a whole two seconds to mention Xbox. My bad. There you go. Uh, and <laughs> notice, I did not mention the Steam Deck when I'm talking about Midnight Suns. I already knew I you were playing to. it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I uh, what's it called? I'm really having fun with it. It's we had to turn on crossplay. Um, playing on just PS5 servers, there were not enough people in the lobbies once you turn on crossplay that was immediately not an issue um and for some people for, i know a lot of people don't like to play shooters on crossplay because again going up against pc players there was like in, in a you know 30 32 versus 32 game i think maybe five people per side were pc games uh pc players so it wasn't like it was overwhelming so tons of console players probably again because X, uh, you know game pass and everything uh but mm -hmm. really enjoying it um the maps are big uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. There, it, it's not as good as the games before, but enjoying I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, played through Immortality uh, on Game Pass. I know it's not a PlayStation game, but um, you know there was a lot of high praise for it. Didn't like it. Didn't Neither did I. I? I tried. I we finished it. Um, I thought the first three hours were super exciting. Like there was like there was like so much promise of what that game was or could be. And then it was far too long, in my opinion. It lost itself, and it ended up being the last like three hours just just like mindlessly click clicking from scene to scene, and just being like, "All right, I, I am where I am now, I guess." Uh, some really really cool ideas that I just thought didn't you know stick the landing. Mm -hmm. um, hopped into Crisis Core, really enjoying it. Very very cool. Uh, you know, obviously Final Fantasy. I'm only a couple hours in, so I'll have more thoughts about that later. But really really loving it. Um, obviously Marvel snap continues to own my life and I hopped into need for speed unbound yesterday, uh, for the oh, first wow. time. Wow. You really played a lot of games. I'm telling you, dude, I was busy hopped into need for speed unbound. Uh, I grew up on that series, you know, underground and underground two were so very much my, up my alley and I'm really enjoying unbound so far. It has that same attitude that underground had, um, the, the, the writing is very rough. So if you can turn off your brain to the conversations happening, um, at least in the first few hours, the racing is a lot of fun. The style, like the stylized anime style of the game, is very, very cool. Uh, really, really enjoying it. So yeah, dude, I, I've been busy playing playing a whole bunch. Um, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the chat for just a quick sec because Hambone Johnny asks, would you recommend Midnight Suns for a non Marvel fan? Uh, I would if you like strategy games. Um, if you like like your Fire Emblems, if you like your Into the Breach, I still think there is the because the combat is so much fun in that game. Even if you're not a Marvel fan, you'll find reasons to connect with it. Obviously, being a Marvel fan makes the experience better, but I, I'd have a hard time recommending it if you don't like strategy games and if you don't like Marvel, then you know maybe wait till it ends up being twenty bucks or it ends up on a service for you to check it out. But if you do like strategy games, it's an easy recommend for me, even if you're not a Marvel fan. But Court, we have to talk about a whole bunch of b b b b breaking news because we have a whole lot to cover, and let's start with. Screen change, woom! That's right, everybody. We're gonna have screen change stuff now. Strap in because we are going to kick things off with our first story: the PlayStation Plus monthly games for January over on the PlayStation blog for the essential tier. Obviously, Court, we don't know what's coming to extra and premium yet. That'll probably be in a week or two from now. But I think that'll be a running joke for the whole year. I, like PlayStation Plus and just question mark. Essential. Uh, these games will be available tomorrow. We're getting Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order both on PS4 and PS5. We're getting Fallout 76 on PS4 and Axiom Verge 2 on the PS4 and PS5. Court, tell me, how do you feel about our essential tier for January? For me, I can't recommend enough for people to go play Jedi Fallen Order. It's <laughs> one of my favorite games of last gen, this gen, whatever gen you're playing of the game. Uh, I loved every minute of it. If you haven't played it, play it. Like, I don't know what is stopping you now. If you're an Xbox gamer, it's been on Game Pass for a while. It's now on, it's a PlayStation Plus game. It is one of the best games 
in the last couple of years. It is phenomenally done. It was so well done that Star Wars now makes it canon. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. well done. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Fallout 76, I've never really been getting into it. Um, once again, another Bethesda slash Xbox game coming to uh, PlayStation Plus. Uh, and then uh, Axiom Verge, I'd never played it. So I'll check it out. Um, that's going to be one of my new things this year. If I haven't played a PlayStation Plus game that comes out, I'm going to download it. I'm going to check it out and see if, if it's for me. But you know what? It's not a bad list. You get a always online game in Fallout 76 that, you know, maybe that'll bring up the player base. People love Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've given us games. I still want to know what's in the, you know, essential and premium, but whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think this is a great month. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like you said, is fantastic. I love the res- like the Star Wars heyday that we're in right now with like with Andor, with the Bad Batch about to come out, with Jedi Fallen or how good Jedi Fallen Order was, with Jedi Survivor just around the corner. I think this is a perfect time to you know drum up hype for Jedi Survivor. This game is fantastic. Uh, funny enough, I literally just picked it up again for like five bucks on Steam, so I can play it with me on the Steam Deck just to re- like replay that game before Jedi Survivor comes out. Um, because yeah, I, I loved, loved, loved this game. The final act is fantastic. There are some just incredible, incredible moments in that game. Fallout 76. Yeah. I, I've heard it's in a much better place than it was before, but it's not one that I'm probably going to spend any time on. Axiom Verge 2. I've always heard fantastic things about this series. I've never checked either one of them out. Um, but you know, as a Metroidvania platformer fan, I think this is the time I might hop into the first one to give that a whirl before I hop into number two. But I think this is a great month. I think it's a really solid month to, to kick the year off. Um, very curious as to, you know, what's in store for us on Extra and Premium. But again, make sure if you haven't yet, download December's games because today is the last day to do so. And it, you'll be kicking yourself if you miss out on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yes, seriously. That's that's three amazing games in one. Yep. But speaking of amazing games. Yep. Segway. Segway. Um, I'm talking and introducing this topic because it's definitely going to be a Matt conversation here. But... Uh, Matt's probably, I would say, favorite developer, Atlas, teases some new announcements. And so we have an article here from VGC uh, written by Andy Robinson. The Persona and Shin Megami Tensei creator tells fans to look forward to this year. Atlas, the Japanese publisher behind Persona and Shin Megami Tensei, has said it has several unannounced games, games planned for 2023. If I remember correctly, we thought... You thought, sorry, that they were going to be announcing a lot of stuff last year and it just didn't happen because it was a whole <laughs> anniversary of Persona. Um, so it looks like maybe we're getting what they said. The, the article goes on. The message was shared in the New Year's greeting card published by Famitsu. Thank you very much for your support for the remastered version of Persona 4. Ultimax. You, thank you. Two in 2022. 13th Machine Defense Circle for the Nintendo Switch, Soul Hackers 2, and Persona 5. The Royal. The greeting reads, in 2023, we will start with the release of uh persona 3 portable um, portable and uh, persona 4 golden yes. remastered versions yeah i knew that one that's mm. the one i played and liked remastered versions and we're also preparing several unannounced new titles please look forward to it so yes. my question to you is matt what do you think we're going to hear about um are they going to be playstation exclusives this time around like what what do you think we're getting into all this so yeah, like as you mentioned, we had like the whole promise of a whole run of announcements to celebrate Persona's anniversary. What we got was toothpaste and and the like. Um, in, in the yeah, no, seriously, uh, in the most Atlas fashion. So that to me possibly means that again, prob- possibly because of you know the global panini that happened in the last couple of years and so much and so forth, that maybe development has been you know a little bit slow on their side. So perhaps they wanted to announce more than they were able to. Um, but you know, with P3P and P4G hitting Game Pass, uh, you know, and, mo- and modern consoles in just a couple weeks, um, I- I'm very, very excited. I will obviously be buying them again because I'm a huge sucker for rebuying these games over and over and over again. I will do it every time to support. Uh, and-, and I'm just excited for that people will be able to hop in and check these games out on platforms that they haven't existed on before. Them coming to Game Pass is huge, fantastic place to check these games out. Um, I would recommend either start with Royal or start with P3P. Um, if you've already played Royal on Game Pass, well then, you know, go. If you can get a Vita, I will say this. If you can somehow find a Vita somewhere and they're cheap, Persona 4 Golden is to be played portable. Like, I don't know how you don't like, I, I debated whether I download, I was going to play it again when it came to, uh, Game Game Pass. Pass, but I was in my mind, I was like. I think the reason I like that game is because I, I was traveling a lot at that time, um, and I could play it on my P, uh, my Vita. 
And it mm-hmm. was just so much easier and ease of use. And I was like, this is the way to play it. And whenever I try and play a Persona game on console, it just doesn't click for me. But for mm-hmm. some reason, when I play a portable, it works. I don't know what it is. No, dude, I'm with you. There are some games that I just prefer to have with me on the go. Uh, the Persona series for me as well has always been that way. Um, as to what we don't know about, I, you would have to imagine that a Persona 6 announcement would probably come towards the back half of the year. Do I think it's coming in 2023? Not a chance. Um, there are a lot of rumors from an Xbox insider who did leak that P3P and P4G would be coming to Game Pass, and he leaked a couple other things ahead of time. And he's talking about a Persona 3 remake, like from the ground up in the, you know, with the graphics and the engines of Persona 5 Royal. I think that game does, needs it more than Persona 4 Golden does because P3 has always been kind of, you know, stranded in the past, but also probably has the best story out of the bunch. It's the darkest, it's the weirdest one. So if they are giving that game an overhaul to bring it up to the standard that, you know, Persona 5 Royal is, count me in. I cannot wait. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear about that in a few months if it's real. I don't think they'd announce it so close to the Game Pass launch of the P3P, um, which like I'm curious, community, let me know, like, does the potential of a P3 remake this year dissuade you from playing it on Game Pass or picking it up now? Like, you know what I mean? Because I've heard some people say now, like, well, if, you know, if the remake is coming, why am I going to play Portable? Uh, along with some rumors that some of the content might be cut. So, like, I'm guessing they're probably going to cut the female MC, which is really unfortunate because that run of the game is really interesting. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get Persona 6. Um, at least an announcement. I'm assuming that the P3 remake is real and probably going to hit this year. Um, in terms of what else, you know, they have their soul hackers, they have the Shimagamis, they have the stuff. I'm sure we'll get another Persona spinoff. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited. I just want to learn more. And now, uh, do you think it's going to be PlayStation only? No. For the new games or no. coming? No. They're going to be everything? Okay. I, I think that Atlas has very much been trending in the direction of, and a lot of Japanese developers, even with Sega and stuff with the, you know, the Square series. Yeah. Are trying to be much more multi-platform. Um, so for me, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a window of exclusivity on PlayStation, whether it's six months or a year, but with them already bringing, you know, Royal and three and four everywhere, I would have to imagine that they wouldn't backstep with six unless it's temporarily with like a limited release window. I would be shocked, shocked if they grounded it only on PlayStation in perpetuity. That I would be really, really surprised, Corp. But am I off base here? What do you think? Do you think we're going to? Do you think they're going to stay multi-platform, or do you think they're going to solo in? I think they are solely based on PlayStation's probably going to be um, sticking with their Square Enix. From what the rumors we've heard, Square Enix games are just it ain't happening. Final Fantasy is sticking to PlayStation. Any new release Final Fantasy uh, will be only on PlayStation, and I think it would be financially maybe based on maybe based on what's going to happen with that Activision Blizzard thing. But True. you you never know where PlayStation decides, well, we're going to have to roll the dump truck up and, and see where we're going to lock in these third-party games. Um, but the rumor already is out there that pretty much, like, as soon as that Activision thing is done and PlayStation and Xbox are done slinging mud at each other, um, that possibly we're going to get a, you know, Square Enix is now part of the PlayStation family type thing because there's way too many Ooh. weird things going on with that. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, do, I see... Atlas with the relationship with Xbox already, mm-hmm. I don't see it changing. A lot of a lot of times when you see a company make a um, a deal with Phil Spencer and all them over at Xbox, very rarely do they they turn their back on them. Eventually, I'm of the mind that um, if it isn't a first party studio, I think all games should be on all consoles. They should be yep. on Switch. They should be on Xbox. They should be on PlayStation. Uh, if it's a first party, sure, yeah, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I I'm not a big fan of the practice of paying to have it console exclusive if it's not a first party. Yeah, I'm with you. I Like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We may even get some weird situation where they're on like PlayStation and Switch first or something. But like, yeah, I, I hope that we get, I hope the three remake is real and I hope that we hear about six this year. But something that we do know is not going to another platform quote over on Video, Game Chron- Video Games Chronicle once again. Written by Tom Ivan, Polyphony Digital says that a PC version of Gran Turismo 7 isn't in development. Gran Turismo creator Yamauchi, apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly. Wow, you of all people. Yamauchi, I think is correct, was recently reported as saying Polyphony was looking into it and considering bringing the game to PC. 
Seemingly referring to these comments in a new interview, Dengeki Online asked Yamauchi if he had confirmed that Polyphony was researching and developing a PC version of Gran Turismo. That is not true, he responded, translated by Twitter user Genki underscore JPN. Regarding a PC version, I replied, as a developer, it's not that I haven't considered all possibilities. That means that the possibility is not zero. Simply, if you ask me, are you doing anything concrete? I am not doing anything. There is nothing to talk about. Court, do you think this is true? Do you think this is, again, just them spouting, you know, you know, smoke just to cover their tracks as to what's going to happen in the future? Or do you think GT7 is just not coming to PC? One, I'm surprised. But two, yeah, I don't think it is. Because based on what Corey Barlog said not too long ago, when God of War finally, 2018 God of War finally came to PC, mm-hmm. he said that he was told he were allowed to and they could make the decision. And he was like, this is a no-brainer. We're bringing it to PC. So to my... if The developers saying these comments means he has doesn't care right like it's not a, like a priority to him because from what cory barlog kind of let out of the bag playstation will go to them and be like all right you can bring this to pc if you want and like neil Druckmann has made it no no uh secret that he likes to bring these games to pc he wants the more people to play it the better mm-hmm. and cory barlog pretty much said the same so you see those games insomniac obviously they they want people to play spider-man and that game was huge on steam on this launch it's, one of the the biggest you know PlayStation PC games there is. So mm-hmm. for this, I we talked about this before. Like to me, this is a no brainer with the people that have the huge PC rigs and have the huge like racing wheels and such. Yep. Like I am actually shocked, especially this game, like how beautiful it could look. But you know what? If they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But it sounds like they don't want to, which is weird to me. It's I I truly think PlayStation games should be on PC, but that's just my opinion. I'm with you, dude. I'm a little bit shocked on this one, especially because as far as I know, there isn't a lot like, you know, we th- we have Forza, which is a much different game, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Horizon than we have with GT7. GT7 kind of owns this space currently until we see something like a motorsport or a new competitor come, you know, come to light in the next little while. GT7 is the game for, you know, your standard, you know, racetrack racing. So I'm a little shocked that they don't want to bring it to PC to expand the market, especially because, you know, he also talked about how... Um, you know, the Gran Turismo game sales have topped 90 million as of November 16th, 2022. I would only imagine that they would continue to sell millions of copies on PC, especially with, like you said, the availability of tech, you know, the racing chairs, the the, the wheels, the, the pedals, the so on and so forth. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they don't want to or if there's no active interest. Now, does this mean that they won't change their mind in a couple months? If Does this mean that they won't change their mind once they hear a lot of, you know, the fan support for it? It's possible that it'll come in the future. They're just saying it's not in development right now, but I'm. It, I'm, it I'm could with you. also be. I just thought of this because I know they had that whole issue because they couldn't put ray tracing in and all this was on photo mode and all that. Like from what I understand, I never played GTA Seven, um, but from like the reviews, I guess people did a lot of comparisons between Forza and, and GTA, and Forza ended up like looking better. Maybe mm. it's a lot to do with because they said a lot of times doing these PC ports is tough. Maybe it had a lot to do with like, hey, there's a lot we need to put into this to do a yep. PC port of this, and we just don't want to do it. Yeah, it could be. It could very much be that. Like, or like, I'm surprised that they, you know, won't even have like Nixes working on it or something. Like, PlayStation well, has they, the studios. Let in-house. them stick with their their, their Spider Mans because they do such a good job. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, what other port could they possibly be working on right now? We obviously Forbidden West, obviously Ragnarok, but like, I don't know. This this one to well, me is a yeah. Well, surprise. we know they're doing Last Last of Us is coming, so that means True. Last of Us yeah. Two is coming. So yeah. maybe it's just not on the the pipeline. They're going to do all the story driven stuff first. Yeah, maybe it's just not a priority for them right now. But PC players, you'll have to wait for GT Seven. We'll see if it swings around. But to talk about the Last of Us and to talk about Naughty Dog Court coming from PlayStation Lifestyle, written by Zarmena Khan, Naughty Dog's next game will have multiple writers. Neil Druckmann confirms. Neil Druckmann's stoked to show new Naughty Dog game because he told The New Yorker that Naughty Dog's next game will be structured more like a TV show, quote-unquote, unlike, unlike the studio's previous games, whereby there will be a team of writers working on the project. Unfortunately, his comments were misconstrued due to a misleading tweet by Jeff Keighley, prompting him to deliver a clarification. He also said that he's stoked to show the projects, indicating that he's referring to multiple games. Court, what do you think? Are we going to see a drastic storytelling departure from them? Are they going to go more episodic like A Life is Strange? Or is this just, again, not being communicated properly? Well, if Neil Druckmann is putting out, like, a tweet and saying, hey, like, this is a new stuff that we're working on, I don't think it's going to be anything in The Last of Us Family. I don't think it's going to be any Uncharted. 
I think they're going to be putting out, he's going to be putting out some sort of like telltale episodic thing that he's going to be doing. Like there are rumors that they're working on that space, like a uh, fantasy game that yeah, I guess yeah. we could see in the background of the drawings. I think this is something totally different than even that. I think these are two separate things. Cause he said games that they're yep. working on more than, more than any, I think he's doing like a pure choose your own adventure type game. Interesting. I think they're doing one of those. I'd be curious to see how a Naughty Dog, because Naughty Dog is known for a very linear story mm-hmm. experience. So I'd be curious to see them branch out of that. Um, you know, he talks about in the tweet, in the follow tweet, that's basically like they're basically they're going to have a writer's room like you do have on TV. It's not going to be written primarily by one or two people as, the, you know, their games were in the past. They're going to have a room of writers working together on crafting the story. So. He's talking about games like like we we've heard the rumors of the Last of Us Part Three. Um, I'm sure Factions is is coming along, but I don't know if you'd need a writers' room for for something like Factions unless they're again really blowing it out. I, I think this means that while I'd be curious to see a choose your own adventure game, I just think this means that they're going to have a lot more people actively working together collaboratively in the same way that TV does by having something like a writers' room instead of it being here's the story and then, you know, possibly building it out a little bit more. But I, I feel so like pulling this... more out of the characters, exactly. a la what they got out of God of War. Like we, we both said, like we're in shock that these other characters that weren't the main story in this game had so much depth to them that we haven't seen in a game before. Yeah. This to me means that like what, what possibly they could have everybody working together on the main story. You know, this group of writers are going to work on the side content. This group of writers are going to work on something else rather than having different teams building these things out. You know, I feel like they're just going to have a lot more narrative input from a lot more people, you know, just to, just to see what else is out there. So for me, I think this is one that kind of blew up um, a little weirdly, but I'm very, very curious because like you said, projects, if it's the last of us part three court, and if it is that sci-fi, sci-fi esque game, yeah, that whatever we've seen it was, I, I thought we we could see the drawings in the background, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. he, they even confirm like yes, that is something we're looking at. Yeah. So do you think because I think there were rumors that that sci-fi game was canceled? Do you yes, want there that has game, been or do you want a new IP? Do you want them to go back to Uncharted? What would you want out alongside the Last of Us Part Three, which is the rumor? This uh, obviously, definitely, I want the Last of Us Part Three, I, mm-hmm. but. Knowing Naughty Dog, is this going to be the last and final crescendo we get of it? And if it is, they're going to blow it up. And maybe that's why they need all the writers. Because now my Could brain's be. going. Yeah. And I'm like, if they're going to be doing something is big, and especially after God of War just happening and Neil Druckmann is just like, wow. Like, he probably have already seen it and seen a lot of this game and so on and so forth. Um, I have been on this, on my soapbox that I want Uncharted 1 redone. Mm-hmm. But... I think of the work that Next Nexies or Nexies did Nixus? on the yeah. Nexus. Yeah. Let them do it and and give it so that it releases on PC and it releases on console at the same time and be that first ever. Yeah. But I would like to see a new IP out of Naughty Dog because anytime they have done a new IP, they've blown us away. Right. So like- I want one so bad. It it and whatever they want to do. Exactly. Like if it's the space thing, sure. But you know, Uncharted was phenomenal. Last of Us was phenomenal. Their track record shows me just let them do what they want to do. And that's what I mean. We haven't gotten a new IP out of them in 10 years now, right? Like yep. the original Last of Us launched in what, 2012? So like yep. it's been a while since we've gotten a new world from them. That's what I want more than anything. Like let them do whatever they want and I'm in for the ride. Naughty Dog is one of my favorite developers. Um, so yeah, I'm in. But Court... For the last story that we'll talk about before we have a bit of a convo, and we talk to the community as well, coming from Game Rant, written by Michael Brandon Ingram. Sony patents pass-through device for cloud gaming compatible with Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, and Google, Google Chromecast. A recent patent filed by Sony has the iconic developer looking at enabling PlayStation Cloud gaming across a variety of streaming devices. The rise of cloud gaming has seen plenty of gaming's biggest developers turning to game streaming to bring their new games to more consoles than ever. Court... What are they doing? Does this well, make sense? Like this. Well, this it does. Me? If you go to a, an Apple store right now, every single store, their Apple TV has a DualSense hooked up to it. Every single one of them. Really? Like they've been, yeah. And this has been a while. This has been since last gen. So the um, uh, PlayStation 4 controllers, they had them in the stores. They've had them for a long time. I'm, I'm a heavy Apple user. Um, so to me, this almost like makes sense. 
And I am also of the mind that, yeah, please, I want, I have Apple TV hooked up to every TV in my house because everybody in my family has Apple and it's just easier for photos, so on and so forth. And I'm able to bring that with me. If mm-hmm. I'm able to bring that with me, and this is how PlayStation solves their cloud-based services that from what we understand is going to be using Microsoft's uh, blades and servers because um, that was that deal. Is that part of that deal from way back in the day? where they said, hey, can we use your infrastructure and we can start doing cloud-based? And if I can play it on my PlayStation, I mean, my Apple TVs, I don't know, I'm happy. Like, this is the future. Like, I understand um, Stadia died and Luna is going to die next. (laughs) Foregone conclusion. Um, Unless they have their own games. I forgot that that exists. Unless they have their own games, it's just not going to work. And that's that's just my opinion. I don't see how you can build a, a fan base and build build all that stuff and get to the masses and not just get a niche people unless yep. you have first party games that are not anywhere else mm-hmm. but if we can play uh playstation games anywhere i'm all in like make it happen see i i it want, won't look good though I, yeah that's that's what i was about to say i i want that i think the idea of this is sound i think it is too soon they need to first fix PlayStation Plus on PC. They need to first fix whatever their tier structure is and how they're going to kind of make premium worth it going forward. There's so much that needs, and granted, different teams working on different stuff, so on and so forth, but like there are much bigger inherent issues with them doing this that need to be figured out on a fundamental you know, service basis before they start adding on even more. Because again, I think of like the the Vita TV and stuff, which was dead on arrival. Like they're, they're, they've had ideas before about connecting to your TV without the PlayStation that didn't that were interesting ideas that didn't work for me for this to be successful and like I mean we still haven't seen even Microsoft's stick right like their Game Pass well stick, yeah we saw right? that like Phil Spencer had that box behind him and said he couldn't make it cheap enough so they didn't make it but that's what I mean so the, here are my in, in, like inherent questions how much is this going to cost how well is it going to work even like looking at stuff like um like remote play, for example, right? You can only do it on but Wi-Fi, right? Like it doesn't cost, work. From what I understand, this is going to be on the Apple TV. Am I wrong? I see the I patent is its own was... little box, but I also understand like they're working with Apple. I would assume they're going to have an app on the Fire Sticks and they're going to have an app on the Apple TVs. Because like, look, I'm looking at the, like this home screen that you can see in the, in the, in the drawing there. That is what, um, kind of what the Apple TV interface looks like. So go down, scroll down. Uh, sorry, I'm yep. sorry, I am behind looking at the YouTube, so I can't see that. But yeah, yeah. The, where it says PlayStation Now Music, so on and so forth. I would assume this is just me. I would assume that yes, PlayStation could sell their own little box, but people who already have an Apple would just have like, all right, PlayStation Now is just an app inside it. Like I, yeah, yeah. I can already hook my DualSense controller via bluetooth up to my apple tv right now and play games like because you can play um apple arcade i'm i'm assuming mm-hmm. and this is just an assumption the they've already put new chips in the apple tvs the, the the i think it's fifth gen right now um the 4k ones if you get them right now you can play okay. games up to 120 frames per second on these if if it's available okay. you can do 4k 120 on this little thing like this it, it is all cloud but you can do that on these little apple tv discs like little uh i call them pucks because that's what they look like they're just but you can already do that kind of technology because they've been upping they've been they put brand new chips in these things these things are i was a little confused because i I do a lot i watch a lot of reviews for them like why are they putting all this making it so you can do 120 like you're not doing that with this i'm just watching tv or watching movies with it and maybe they're doing it because they're setting them up for the future that they will be apple wanted to do their own video games that was not a uh, – this is not a, a, a secret. Like, they've made it well known that they wanted to do their own video games. I think maybe they decided they can't, and maybe they just said to PlayStation, okay, do you? we'll partner with you, but you got to put your app on us. So if you're already signed up for PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus, it, it, doesn't, Plus, it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I think an app – would make sense i'd be curious to see what like i guess this would be more for anybody that doesn't have yes but it would look i want to preface it would look like hot garbage on a fire stick like that's why if you saw what you saw behind phil it had to be a box because the fire stick does mm -hmm. not have the technology to do it 
So that's what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see how this will possibly come together, if it will at all. Um, I think the idea is sound. I just hope that if we do see this, it's after they've already overhauled and fixed a lot of the issues that they have now. Because granted, again, it's only been six months of the new PlayStation Plus. PlayStation now has been around a lot longer, sure. But like, they need to iron out the kinks before they start jumping into new markets. Because otherwise, this will again, it'll hop in and be like, this looks like this looks like crap. This isn't streaming that well. The latency, this, that, and the other. They need to fix their yep. inherent issues before Agreed. they jump into something new. Because I think this has a cool idea, but I'm, I'm curious to see. Let us know, community. Let us know what you think. Should PlayStation have their own little PlayStation Plus stick, and would you pick it up? But, Court, that is all the news for this week. We have some questions from the community. We got so lots of questions. So let's hop into... No. We got lots of questions. So let's hop into the questions first, and then we'll round out with our conversation, setting up question of the week for next week. I'm going to pull from Twitter first, which again, if you want to be part of the show and you want to ask us your questions, we have a tweet go live every week. Hop into YouTube, hop in the Discord, which is all free, and of course in the show notes, where you can ask us the things that you're thinking about, about PlayStation, or sometimes about other stuff, as Steve Vigbari likes to do. Todd of War at Talkster over on Twitter asks, why does PlayStation struggle with controller battery life? The Nintendo Pro Controller and Xbox Elite Controller both get over 30 hours, and yet the DualSense gets 6 to 8, and the Edge will get less. Honestly? I have no answer for this because I'm not, I, I just don't know the mechanics to building things and like semiconductors and so on and so forth. It makes zero sense to me. I, I've said this till I'm blue in the face. The best elite controller is the Nintendo one because it lasts forever. Like that thing holds a charge forever. I, for my PlayStation controllers, my dual senses that I have currently, and I haven't seen the edge and the edge is supposedly even worse. Um, Mm-hmm. I have yeah, them on the apparently. charger at all times. And then with regards to my Xbox, I will say this. My Elite Series 2, that holds a charge for a really long time. I'm I'm curious to see how much of this is like a mix of like not optimizing properly or possibly the tech. Because I think the DualSense is the only current next-gen controller, as I'd like to call it. So I'm thinking, is it the haptics and everything else? Is it just draining the battery faster? If adding a bigger battery, would that bulk out the controller too much? Because the DualSense already is a bigger controller, I would say. Um, not that I think that these are reasons to give it a pass, because very much so, the controller life, the battery life on these controllers yes. sucks. Um, so, like, I, I think it's a mix of them not wanting to make this controller any physically bigger. I don't think they want to sacrifice the haptics, so on and so forth. Like, could they take some stuff out of this controller? To make it work, I think yes. Do they want to? I think no. I just don't like. And again, looking at it like clearly as a business move, guess what? If you're gonna have a gaming session session for six to eight hours, you're gonna need two controllers, right? Yep. Like, it's if they're making you buy more, they're making you buy more. So it's unfortunate, Todd. Uh, and I'm with you. Like, I I do think that this is the worst, but it's still my favorite controller, even despite that. So you know, we'll see. But, I I really like the Elite Series too. I know it doesn't have the haptics, but. It's a very good controller. I know. I feel you. It's, again, no, no poo-pooing on any other controllers. This is one that's yep. just my favorite. Um, Savoy Prime over on Twitter, at Savoy underscore Prime says, Do you think that it's essential for Sony to drop a showcase early this year to get PS5 owners and future owners hyped about what's to come? I feel that Sony has been kind of dropping the ball this gen with showing you why you must have a PS5. 100%. I am I am a hype person. I love it. I, I am so confused. We have said this way too many times on this show please stop just dropping blogs i still couldn't believe that you know the the psvr2 was a blog really playstation plus is the perfect example of how not to launch a service it should have been a glow up of trailers of here's what's there hype 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 and it was a blog that didn't make any sense that needed to be followed up with another blog to explain the last blog that had another blog to explain the last blog to explain the last blog (laughs) <laughs> it could have easily been done with a, you know, just give us, just give us a sizzle reel. Give it, I, I understand those things take time to do. And I understand for some reason, Jim Ryan's favorite thing to do right now is to complain about somebody buying Call of Duty when that person's offering him Call of Duty. And he's, he's, that's, that's his, this is what I won't shut up about thing. And that's all I'm going to be focusing his time. But PlayStation seems to have a history of, when they get to the top of the heap, they take their foot off the gas, and I've never understood it. For me, I, I, it's almost like the, I don't want to say 
arrogance because I think arrogance is too strong. I think they're resting on their laurels too much with them knowing, in my opinion, they do yep. have the best first party games in the business right now. And I think they're a little too comfortable with letting those games speak for themselves when launch is imminent or when those games come out. Um, you know, th those games are highly celebrated. They review very, very well. Like, there's a lot of hype around those games that are generated without PlayStation having to do anything. Do I think that's a reason for them not to? Of course not. They need to give people reasons as to here's what to get excited about. That's not a blog post. That isn't, you know, them tossing a tweet out. That isn't, here's a list of five indie games on the PlayStation blog. Those things should be given their own spotlight. They they deserve to have a video on the YouTube that people can get hyped for, celebrate, have reactions to. They, they, especially with them launching a new console this year with the PSVR 2. There is an overwhelming amount of reason for them to do it. As to why they're not, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, the, the global situation that has pushed them farther back than they intended to. I don't know if it's, you know, they just don't feel that they're ready, so they don't want to do anything because, you know, what's worse, having a bad conference or having no conference at all? Is, but they're not you know, conferences. Which they're one just is like, like, we, like we said before, like showcase. You didn't whatever. showcase the VR Direct. team. Like, what are you? What? And that's what I mean, right? So, like, I, I don't know what they're doing with it. I, I think they're being a little bit too cagey. I think they're, you know, being a little bit too safe. Get out there and show us what's coming because, you know, it seems like Final Fantasy 16 is doing all the work to hype up what this year is when we know Spider-Man is coming. PSVR 2 is a month and a half away. Like, get us excited about all like, this. Like, look at because the, the, the announcement of the date for the pre-orders for Spider-Man was literally an error followed up by a blog post. Yeah! Sorry, a tweet, not even a blog post, so that, just a tweet. Yep. So that's what I mean. Like they need to get their messaging together because I think that's the most, that's the thing that we have complained about most in the last year is just, just communicate with this better PlayStation. Yeah. That's all we ask. Our next uh, question from the discord, Darth Grinchius asks, what would your new year's resolution for the fir for the big PS first party developers be? What do you want out of first party PlayStation in 2023? Well, besides day and date on PC. Um, cause I still think that just makes sense. Uh, I mm. would want them to be able to do what they want to do. Like I, yep. I, we've, we've seen what happens when you allow them sucker punch, uh, naughty dog. I want to do what I want to do. We got the last of us sucker punch. I want to do mm -hmm. what I want to do. Ghost of Tsushima. How about go to those other people and be like, what do you want to do? And just trust them because mm -hmm. PlayStation has done a phenomenal job in uh, nurturing these houses to make some phenomenal games. They have a track yep. record that is unprecedented. We've, we've said this before. They are like Xbox. They, they literally still are just tripping over themselves over and over and over and over again. And we'll see. I think they got they got Starfield and Redfall this year. We'll see. But at the same time, they buy all these developers and they don't do much with it. You have PlayStation that yeah. when they do it, they nurture and they let them, you know, they bring out some great games. Let them do more. At, and also let your, your smaller developers, like, let them take on some bigger things and see what can happen. Um, just just yep. let them do what they want to do. I'm 100% with you. I think that's a perfect answer. I just, I want more new IPs. I want more weird indie stuff. I want just, I want these developers to just have room to play around. And like, not to say that they haven't had that opportunity, but I just want them to have creative freedom to run out whatever they want and not be ham-fisted into a sequel or a live service game. Unless that's what they want to do, just give them room to breathe. And again, we've seen the track record. We've seen these studios who were previously, like, I mean, Gorilla is the perfect example. The makers of Killzone turned around and made horizon which is one of the most celebrated playstation first party games and right? support so them give them room to breathe and, and like exactly. we got more trailers about death loop than any other game in the last two years that was coming oh, to playstation yep it wasn't even their game yep. i saw more about yep. death loop before it was released than any other game that i've seen come to thank god of war than a lot it didn't so much and the fact that the firefly edition to the last of us part one is just only coming to europe now pre-orders were already and they're already sold out it still hasn't come to canada mm -hmm. Get your yep together, okay? Yep. Okay. Uh, our next question, Nagachaka asks, if you were Jim mm -hmm. Ryan, what would your main focus be for PlayStation for 2023? Successfully launching and maintaining support for PSVR 2, releasing first-party multiplayer games, adding more value to the PS Premium tier, or continuing to support first-party single-player games, Court. So is it 
PSVR 2? Is it multiplayer games? Is it PS Premium? Or is it first Show party? full support for PSVR 2 on launch and make sure that you're not putting it out to die like you've done with other things like the Vita or PlayStation TV. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I think the PSVR 2 needs a huge push. I think the tech sounds amazing. There's so much potential for this system. Um, and I think, you know, alongside that, keeping their expectations in check, which I think they did with the original PSVR, they treated it like a new console, which I think is the 100% the right move. Um, but yeah, back it up properly. And then like outside of that, I think the other one is, is PlayStation Plus. They need to figure out exactly what they want yep. this to look like for it to make sense, especially if they are going to bring it to Apple TV and so on and so forth. They need to get that ironed out. Uh, Court, your next question from the Muffin Mon asks, who are the top three PlayStation first party studios? Oh, that's uh, Insomniac, Naughty Dog, and Sucker Punch. And then yeah, and then I would say well. uh, Sony Santa Monica. Um, and then Sony San Diego, because MLB The Show is unbelievable. Um, the God of War series yep. is unbelievable. Once again, let them do something else and see what happens. But we've already mm-hmm. seen Insomniac has made what it is they've set the bar and they were like this is how you make a superhero game um mm-hmm. no one can beat it and they followed that up when you not followed it up they started out when they made um infamous which is one of my favorite series of all time and they they've already they put out a million times we ain't making another one anytime soon so i've i've my my i'm in check on that one but and then naughty mm-hmm. dog just speaks for itself it's probably the best studio for making story driven games ever I'm with you. I think those are easy in my top three, too, with, you know, across Spider-Man, across Ghost of Tsushima, across Uncharted and The Last of Us. Some of the best games ever have come from these studios. Um, and like you said, like Sony Santa Monica and San Diego and even like Polyphony, I think, deserve special shout outs as well. Um, but I don't think there is a bad studio under the first party roster. It's just the top three are personally, you know, where my games, you know, where my favorite games came from. Jolish asks, question for the show. Court Lalonde, if you started wearing tights, would that make your transition to playing Final Fantasy games easier? It's never going to happen, man. Did you not see that in the Discord? <laughs> they have decided that they all want to play that MMO Final Fantasy game. And sure enough, Ryan, it's who fantastic. you never see in the PlayStation part anymore, uh, he came out of nowhere and was like, I'm in. So it was like a bat yep. signal. I swear to God. We should get a T-shirt that just has Ryan standing in the shadows to a bat signal thing that's just showing Final Fantasy on the, in the clouds. Like that's It's Ryan. Yep. Like he, You say Final Fantasy, and he's like, hey, what's going on? I the games just don't speak to me. I, I wish I wish they did. They just they they don't work for me, man. I don't care about your chocobos. I just don't care. No, but Court, have you tried playing them wearing tights? This is the fundamental no. crux of the question. <laughs> Do you think tights would be the modifier that would make you like Final no, I'd Fantasy? I'd probably like the tights more than Final Fantasy. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean that's that's a normal response. Uh, we still have a couple more questions to go. Um, Quadralish continues to ask questions for the show. Greeting, gents. Looking at the PS5 releases in 2023, I have two questions. The first of which, other than the multitude of RPG-themed games, what new genre or style could win considerable ground in 2023? The, the, the As Dust Falls is the perfect example of a... Of, and The Quarry, I guess, are two types that I want to see more of those type of games. I had a great time mm-hmm. playing in Dust Falls, and I, I bought The Quarry. I just... Haven't got to it yet. I would like... PlayStation mm-hmm. has done a phenomenal job of doing the th- the third-party story-driven RPG slash linear open world. They have yep. perfected it. Okay? We're about to get factions. We know what factions is going to be. It's going to be that amazing multiplayer that we have been wanting and wanting and wanting that we liked as a PlayStation gamer. We know we're getting that this year. Um Hopefully mm-hmm. we get to hear about it soon, but we know we're getting that. I want something different. I want I want something different from one of their studios. Let them do something different. Uh, give me a first person shooter for me. Like that's Killzone, I think that right now we thing. know that we know they're working on them. We know that they have games coming. Um, give me a first person shooter. Give me uh, give me an anime game. Like those two would be kind of like my top two in terms of like what I want out of their studios. But I think. The first-person shooter, like, they were once very close to the top, and I think they have that for them again, but, like, a multiplayer so first-person calm. shooter. I would play the Living Daylights at Ahsoka and put my hand up here right now. That's what I mean. Killzone, Resistance, like, there's so many IPs that they could bring back or just make new games entirely. I think that's where they're hurting the most right now, and that's what I think, the, you know, they can make major ground, um, you know, with a new first-person shooter. And Josh, the second question 
Out of the announced releases, also non-PlayStation, what would be their two or three 2023 Game of the Year contenders? Spider-Man 2. And? Two or three. Give me a couple. Well, uh, is it, does it have to be PlayStation first party? Oh, okay. No, so anything. Um, anything. So Spider-Man 2, um, Starfield. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This is, these are... it. I think it looks beautifully. I know a lot of people have their doubts about it, and I know Matt has his doubts about it. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping they can recapture some of the Skyrim glory with this game. Um, mm-hmm. And what's what's a small like indie? Like I, I'm just trying to think of something that they were just not expecting. Yeah. Um, because there's always those big blockbusters that are always going to go out there and be like, all right, well, we know they're going to be good, I guess. It's tough. Mm-hmm. I I, 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 I can't really, like, what do we, I don't think Hogwarts will be in there. I think the game's going to be great. I just don't think nope. it'll be in there, especially with what's behind it and so on and so forth. I don't think it deserves to have that spotlight thrown onto it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a tough one for me because those are the type of games that I like playing. Um, for, for some reason, I'm thinking Final Fantasy because you get a new Final Fantasy this year and those seem to do very, yep. very well. And, and it's a new number entry. from what, the trailers and from what you and Ryan won't stop gushing about, it looks good from you guys, right? And that's that's yep. kind of like a game that comes out and you're like, all right, well, we know it's going to be good. For me, I think, like you said, yeah, Spider-Man but- 2... Final Fantasy 16 and Zelda, dude. Tears of the Kingdom. See, I'm my sure brain wasn't working. Yeah, Zelda looks. Yeah, they're, they're, that's the that's the the first time in, jeez, in my mind in forever that Nintendo has doubled down on a game instead of putting out like a different iteration, like that's totally not what the last game was. They're doubling down on something yep. that was truly amazing, and they're just gonna give you it again, but better. They're pulling a God of War 2018 mm-hmm. with Ragnarok and be like, hey, we can do it too, and let's see what they can do, right? Yep. I think I think that one's going to be like an easy an easy contender. Spider Man Two as well, and like I said, uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen. I'm sure there'll be other games, especially a lot of stuff that I'm is hoping Assassin's Creed Mirage, just because I love the franchises. But mm-hmm. I I think it, depending on you know how it lands and if it comes out this year, because it's do we have a confirmation year. that it is 2023. Okay, so that's what I mean. I I think we have some surprises in store that we don't know about. And again, there's a lot of games that came out this year that or 2022 that people were had no anticipation for and ended up climbing the charts. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's going to be some, definitely some indie darlings in there. I'll like your strays, like your cult of the lambs. Uh, what, but I think the big three so with what we I'm know gonna, so far will be. Spider-Man, what do you think out of these two of the early releases? Do you think we'll have the more longevity? Will it be dead space or forspoken? Dead space. See, I think dead space dead is going to be amazing, but I think it'll be in the conversation for about a week. Uh, I think I, I don't. I'm not confident that Forspoken is going to land much higher than like a 75. Yeah, no, there's too much swearing already in my mind. There's, there's, I just don't know if it's, especially after playing the demo, I just don't know if it's going to come together. Um, I think Dead Space, given how many people have been excited about it, given how many people are looking forward to that game, I think we'll be in the conversation longer. I think Forspoken, by the end of the year, will end up just being forgotten yeah. about. Like, I think it's just going to be one of those games that people are like, oh yeah, Forspoken. And which is sad because it's a new um, IP. But it is. I agree with you. Yep. After playing that demo, I was like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is this needs more time in the cooker." Yep. So I, I think uh, out of the early releases, I think we have some potential. Like we have some game of the year contenders in the first couple months of the year. Um, and like I mean, just very quickly looking here, like Fire Emblem Engage is another one that could be huge. Three Houses was absolutely massive. Um, like you mentioned, Hogwarts Legacy, it, it could end up in there. Um, oh, could be a PSVR two game we don't know about. Could be more stuff that we don't know about. Um, but a Jedi Survivor, Court, do you think it ends up in the game of the year conversation? I hope so because Fallen Order didn't, based on how Jeff Keighley does his game awards. Um, and I am a firm mm-hmm. believer that he shouldn't be doing the game. The game awards should be in January, based on everything that was released up to the end of the year. Um, Jedi Survivor yep. looks phenomenal, and the fact that my brain didn't remember it is embarrassing. Um. That's one of my most anticipated <laughs> games this year, right? So yep. I really, really hope so because if they can build off that story that they created that was so good that has become canon in the Star Wars world, then I don't see how it isn't in the conversation. Does it win? Um, it's going against Zelda? It's probably not. I think the big question, which um, we actually in the chat, uh, I c- can't see... Uh, with you know a lot of numbers in there as well as long as tears of the kingdom doesn't come out half-baked which really 
is a worry with how Nintendo's been putting out games lately. Is is why it going Pokemon sent ten million copies and the game was broken. Right, but I'm not talking about sales. I'm talking about how's the game going to launch. Zelda has consistently launched in a good state. I'd be shocked, but it is it is a worry. But Court, uh, we ran a bit long today, so I'm going to ask the question, and maybe let's have a conversation about this at the top of the show next week. Because our question of the week is. Should multi- multiplayer trophies be a part of the Platinum? We'll again ask this in the Discord. Let us know your thoughts. Should multiplayer trophies be part of a Platinum, Court? Because I think this is an interesting conversation to have. But before we go, Court, if people wanted to see and hear more from you, where can You can find me on Twitter at Court Lawn, or you can find me also on Twitter at Carpool Gaming. Go follow Court. Go check out Three Dads. Go check out all his stuff because all the things he does is wonderful. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Burnout underscore Matt. And we will see ya next week we appreciate all of you very very much and before i forget hold on hold on hold on hold on i gotta pull up the patreon one sec wait <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. we'll get I, better I at this sure we're changing things up, up. we'll get better at this we're going to be doing patreon live um all right so we would like to thank our latest patreon thank yous uh, Ultimate Producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. Subscribe to Robbie Bobby's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller. Trucker Sloth, Tony Baker from Quest for Pixels. Please subscribe to youtube.com slash quest, quest for Pixels today. Dallas Ford, co-host of The Blame Game. Support Dallas on YouTube to get these guys to 100 subs. Jonathan Brown, the new EP from PME is called Gems and is available on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Links are in the show notes. Oh, please. you forgot. Go and support. Thank also, brand new people, Skinny Matt and Savoy Prime. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you both for joining. Platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern, and the gold members, Anna, Cecily Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Skinny Matt. Who's back? Guess who's back? With us in the back again. Back, Skinny back. Matt. Skinny Matt. Tell a friend. He's back again. We appreciate you all very, very much, and we will see you next week. Peace.